Are you ready to listen to my dad Joe and Uncle Justin talk about sports? Now on with the show. The Joe Mays and J Raff Show is brought to you by Mays Sandwich Shop, which has been serving the greater Westlawn area delicious food for over 70 years. You are listening to The Joe Mays and J Raff Show. Boring. A. weekly podcast about sports since 2011. Don't you ever get tired of being wrong all the time. With a focus on football. Kansas City 31, San Francisco 20. Mahomes takes the snap. He's just going to throw it long for Demarcus Robinson. And is going to use up all the time. The game is over. And the Chiefs kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest summit. Kansas City Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 54. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Joe Mays and J Raff show for episode 303 talking about the 2020 NFL Draft. It is not me by myself this evening. I am joined once again via telephone, the May Sandwich Shop hotline, I should say, by my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be here, even though, you know, we, we have this uh, we have this extended uh, in-person absence. At least we can uh, still get together and do the show together, so... Yeah, yeah, I'm glad we can still do this and the wonders of technology allowing us to do so and be communicating and broadcasting to a variety of places all at the same time. And uh, we've done it for basically the last month and it's going to be like that for the foreseeable future, I am assuming, based on uh, everything that is going on. But that doesn't mean we can't have a show and we're going to be talking, uh, yep, NFL, pro football, like we do most often but we're talking about a topic that has really flown under the radar um, for me personally. Unfortunately, over the last few years, it used to be at the top of my uh, to-do list and my interest list. But uh, things change, and it's been dropped down a few pegs. But it doesn't mean that Justin and I haven't been keeping an eye on it because um, it impacts uh, professional football, but it also is a bridge from you know our two favorite things, college football and pro football. And uh, the annual NFL um, draft is of utmost importance, and it's really one of the few sports things happening in the world right now. And um, Justin and I have had a you know group chat going with uh, with uh, our basketball analyst Adam, um, you know about how much we miss sports, and I just kind of said, you know, after the draft ends, I'm not really sure what we're going to do. I did see that. Uh... PGA is hoping to have their events up and running like in June with spectators. Um, and I know you're not a big like golf like fan. It's not that you don't like golf. It's just like not really high up on the radar. But um, I welcome pretty much anything competitive that we could bring back to TV um, as soon as safely possible. <laughs> um, yeah. Like so if it's if it's golf, you you know, I'll watch golf, but 
in reality, like I'm watching the bigger tournaments, definitely the majors and some of the other like big tournaments. If if golf is the first thing back, sign me up Thursday morning. Let's put on you know Golf Network and let's go in. So uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see if that ends up being the case. I think it was what June eighth or something like that. They wanted being, to, uh, yes. yes. What will end up being like the weekend of the eleventh, I believe. Okay. Like so um, we'll see if that ends up happening. Um, I know it'll be the. Fr- I think they said the first four events would be without any fans. It would yeah. just be uh, you know the players and necessary personnel from the course and from PGA and and whatnot. But we'll see if they're able to do that. I and mean, they're the first right. one to announce a return. And we'll see if if that's possible. You know, it's only like six weeks away. And uh, but unfortunately, uh, a lot can change in the next six weeks. Right, right. As 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 it may come across as being like a downer to be like, no, I hope it's back at that point. You know, like but I'm not saying, oh, I hope it's back sooner. Obviously, I wish it would be back sooner. But like in trying to be somewhat realistic, like I would look at it as a good sign if it's back by that point. You know what I mean? Like I, I would feel like that would possibly be a sign that things are trending in the right direction. Right. Um, but there, there's so much that goes into that. That is, it gets really complicated, but, um, Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, like I, I feel like, you know, in the big, as in the big picture, it would be a good thing if we could, uh, start getting some of those events back, even if there aren't fans there and events like events, I think would lend themselves to that a little bit more um, where I feel like most of the money is coming from sponsorship deals and advertising rather than like gate revenue. Now I say that like, yeah, I don't really know how that works with golf, but you know what I mean? Like it's not the same as a, uh, you know, uh, one of the major four events where the, fans in the seats have a different impact but. yeah yeah definitely so we'll see how that goes um it's the first real announcement hopefully um one of the the big four can make some kind of announcements relating to their season you know we were in the middle of nhl and nba mlb was about to start and football was off in the distance but now you know there's still that uncertainty out there about professional and college football you know come come august and really september but We've heard a lot of colleges have said they need to know what's going on by, I think it was July 1st. And now there right. are rumors that college football like would like to w- know what's going on by, I think, Memorial Day. So, yeah. um, you know, we're going to be hit with a lot over the next five, six weeks. And we'll see um, see how it goes. But for the time being, did, we... I did... Go I ahead. I did think that it was it was a good point that they made and uh, honestly a point that they had to make where in some of their meetings recently, you know, I feel like some of the uh, college powers that be were basically like, listen, like it's a non-starter if students aren't back on campus. Like we are not going to be having college football and other college athletics if students aren't being allowed back on campuses, you know, like just in the grand scheme of things, you know, I think that was a good thing to kind of put out there now and for once not be something that like they had to reactionary do later on. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's something like, you know, 
that they would have like overlooked and then everybody would have made a big deal out of it and they would have had to like rush to be like, Oh my gosh, yeah, why didn't we think of that? You know what I mean? So I was just pleased that it seemed like baseball was or not baseball, but um colleges, not necessarily the NCAA as an institution, but colleges individually were saying like, Look, we yes, we can get these plans together, but if we can't have students back on campus, like college athletics are not going to be working yet, you know? And I understand it gets complicated, but I feel like at least right now, that's a stance they pretty much have to have, especially when you, from a legalistic standpoint, are constantly trying to keep that line of amateurism still there. Um, that would be a tough sell, I think, if you're saying, oh, it's not safe for students, but we're going to bring these people back. Right. Yeah, um, absolutely. It'll, it'll be interesting. A, right. And that, that's a different discussion. Like, I don't want to take it down that road. It's just like, you know hopefully like you said hopefully by the end of may we we can get an idea of what this is going to look like in the in the coming months um or at least establish guidelines of like we need to be here by this date or it's not going to work you know or things like that so yeah so speaking of college football there was a college season last year if you can remember back into the fall and into january there was a national championship so uh Football did happen, and uh, now we get to see some of the best um, players from college football pursue their dream in the NFL, and they're going to find out where they'll be playing starting Thursday night, and their network's broadcasting it. Well, it's just one this year because of the way things are going. NFL Network and ESPN are joining forces, but I think ESPN is leading the charge. Now, I believe both channels if you get them both will have it but it'll be the same feed i i think that's how they're doing it yeah i it, yeah it's gonna be weird so um you know modern modern challenges happening and uh, that's one of the responses to it but um speaking of the players available a, a lot of these names many of you have heard of if you've watched college football and uh you know, no bigger talk each and every year happens than around the quarterbacks because those are always the ones that seem to jump to the front of everyone's mind. And for good reason, they have the ability to make or break a, a team and a franchise. And, well, there's a, you know, a good three, maybe four you could see in the first round this year. And no bigger than uh, Heisman Trophy winner Joe Burrow from LSU. Then followed by Tua Tagovailoa out of Alabama. And next, most likely, Justin Herbert from Oregon. And then Jordan Love is kind of the wild card. How high could he end up going? He's the quarterback from Utah State. Now, Justin, you know, obviously we're both huge college football fans. What did you make of Joe Burrow this season and his rapid ascension um, through the course of the year to not only being the best collegiate player, but being most likely the number one pick in the draft? So a couple things. One, I think I felt Joe Burrow was the best college football quarterback last year. Like I, I really do. I know that can be tough, like to distinguish because there's so many different factors that go into it. You know, you're talking 120 some division one a or, you know, FBS teams. Um, and so like the, the different 
playing fields and things like that. And I know, you know, while I get frustrated sometimes with, you know, people just kind of giving the SEC, the SEC in some ways, like we, we talk about a lot of times is overrated. But I, again, I'm going to use the term that we use on the show a lot. And when I say overrated, as in it gets more credit than it's actually due. However, that doesn't mean it's not very good. Does that make sense? Like, right. It doesn't mean that they're over and over. Doesn't mean that they're and, not the best. It just means right. that some people make it and, seem that no one else is close. And specifically, the SEC West has been the the division. Like, and that's I've kind of said that for years along the way. Was like the SEC West is the best division in in college football. I, I you could argue sometimes, but like that the SEC West is incredibly good. But the SEC East was hot garbage for a while. Now. Kirby Smart has turned around Georgia. Like right. I'll absolutely give them that. But that's different. Um, and some of those East teams got it. You know, were definitely better this year than they had been over the last decade or so. But what Joe Joe Burrow did, to, like in in any Power Five conference. Well, I shouldn't say that because honestly, if he did it in the in the Pac twelve or if he did it in the Big Twelve, like I don't, I probably wouldn't count it the same. But in the other conferences, even the ACC, like, do what he did in a major conference is unbelievable. Um, and, like, you look at it, I, I know he has, he had a ton of weapons. But you know what? Those weapons were there before, and LSU's offense was hot garbage. Now, that also leads to some interesting things of like how much was like Brady and like some of those other guys that are also have found, you know, finding their way to the NFL, like in coaching staff. Um, I, I feel like Joe Burrow was by far the best college quarterback last year. Now, I basically, if you're the Bengals, I just don't know how you cannot take him. That's basically what it comes down to. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Joe Burrow played well enough that I don't know how you pass on him um, when you need a quarterback. Do you um, have any see any drawbacks in the the transferring from Ohio State and going to LSU and leaving a, an elite program to go to another elite program, or are you worried that he wasn't able to do too much? at times last year and then exploded this year? Or what are you thinking about those two um, complications I, that I were, have been brought up? If I was there, I would definitely want to talk about the, you know, if I, you know, if I'm on one of those staffs, I'd ask him the question, like, why'd you transfer? You know, like what, what was it? But at the same time, you know, I kind of view it as if he didn't think that he was going to win the job, and you know you only have a limited time. It's not like it's not like some other jobs where you can be like, oh well, it, you know, I'll just wait another year. You only get so many years. Um, and the fact that he didn't just go to Miami of Ohio or didn't go to Cincinnati, you know, a smaller Ohio school, you know, to to kind of get it done he he went to lsu um and again so i i feel like 
it's not like he lost out to some Joe Schmo either. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you know, Dwayne Haskins was there and he got drafted top 10 last year, you know? So, um, I'd be interested to hear what he has to say and, and know more about that situation. But I, I don't personally look at that as a red flag, especially now where so many of the guys, I mean, look at, look at the final four, uh, in terms of quarterbacks last year, um, was Justin Fields who transferred mm-hmm. Joe Burrow who transferred Jalen hurts, um, Jalen hurts who transferred from Alabama. Um, Trevor Lawrence was the only one that hadn't transferred, you know, like, and his arrival so, forced the transfer of two other quarterbacks. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, it's just the age we yeah, live I, in now. I, I, right. I don't necessarily like that, but I also, I have shifted a lot. You know, I used to be of the mindset of like, no, you know, whatever. And I'm more and more like, I don't like it, but who am I to say, you know, and you only get, four years, five, maybe depending on the situation, like let the kids go, you know, like if, if they're not going to get it done, like let them play, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I've shifted a little bit more. Um, I do still really not like how some people are immediately eligible and others are not. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't understand. You, it's either yes or no. I feel like there's not a lot of gray area there. Right. Either everyone right. should be like, able to, or no one is right. Like when they're telling you know, that tackle from like Eastern Carolina that he can't transfer to Virginia tech because it's not within a hundred miles of home for the hardship, but it was like 102 or something right. like that. Like I have a problem with that because if he's a star quarterback, he would have been clear, you know, like, right. Or, or if he lied and made up some, you know, situation, he could have lied and probably made something up and gotten it. But instead, right. Like, but again, that's not the players. That's no, that's it's getting into, uh, but, Right. bureaucratic stuff so, from the NCAA. Right. I, I can understand my, my bigger concern with Joe Burrow isn't necessarily the one year. Well, I, I shouldn't say it. it. It isn't. It's the lack of times I've seen him. You know, you didn't get to see him a whole lot because it was just kind of like this year was the only thing you really got to see of him. Um, so, you know, I worry on that front more so than the transferring part. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Um, because my bigger question would be, well, was it more of the system or was it? And, and I, again, you, you venture into that, into those waters and everybody's like, well, to some degree, every quarterback is a system quarterback. You know, like it, that's just kind of the way it goes. Um, Based on last year's season, I don't know how you don't have Joe Burrow number one. You know what I mean? Like, and to kind of transition to one of the next guys with Tua, Tua is unbelievable. And honestly, I think the ceiling for any one of the quarterbacks may be the highest for him. You know, like, he has the possibility to be one of the best of the guys coming out, but you can't ignore and this is coming from an Eagles fan who Carson Wentz has also has had his issues with injuries. Like I understand that, but like you Tua has had injuries every year, like every year. Like yeah. I think going back to some of his high school years has had injury issues. And so, you know, and we're not talking just like little things either. You know, when you, when your hip, when the ball of your hip 
breaks through the back of your pelvis, that's a big deal. Right. Like that's, that's, that's an issue. Something. Yeah. That's an issue. Right. Now, again, decades have gone past, but that was the injury that caused Bo Jackson's career to end. Now, again, decades have passed and the doctors at Alabama knew exactly what to look for. So that's why he is in much better shape. Like the top of his femur didn't die because of lack of blood supply, unlike Bo Jackson. Right. But, you know, like that's a major injury. And he also like his, his ankle injuries were where they drilled into the bone to like reattach the, you know, I just, it wouldn't be enough to keep me from drafting Tua, but it's definitely something that you have to consider, especially when you're talking, all right, all of those happened when he was playing. Now, again, to be fair, Tua played 15 games a number of times, (laughs) you know, so, or let me rephrase that Alabama played 15 games a number of times. So it's not like right, yeah. he's playing 12 and looking to play 17 now, you know, like that, but you're going to a 17 game schedule and you're hoping to play more than that, more than that when you're, you know, um, but it's definitely something that you have to kind of do your homework on. But if there's nothing there that you think is a permanent issue and you think he's the best, I don't know. What do you do? You take Joe Burrow, who I think last year had the best season, or do you take the guy who you think has the highest ceiling? Like what? Right. So maybe not just on these guys, but I'm just using these as like examples. What would be your draft philosophy, Joe? Like, would you take the guy who has proven it or do you take the guy who has the higher potential, but is the bigger risk? I, or potential bigger risk. Yeah, you're asking me, and that's going through my favorite teams. You know, thinking now, right. what what because do they do? Be, it, it won't it won't be between those two. It won't be between Joe Burrow and Tua. But Tua could be in that conversation for the Dolphins. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely think Tua is under the, in that consideration. I mean, they going back to uh, the summer. You know, tank for Tua was the thing, and throughout the year, especially when the Dolphins started with zero and seven or zero and eight, it was tank for Tua, tank for Tua. Tua was having a great, you know, a, a good year, living up to the hype with Alabama, not exploding like Joe Burrow was, but. You know, then the injury comes about. Miami gets a little better. You start hearing over the the winter time, especially the combine, the Senior Bowl, and all that stuff uh, about maybe two isn't the one for Miami. Maybe it's going to be someone like Justin Herbert. Uh, maybe they try attempt to trade up with the Bengals, which I don't think is possible to do. I think Cincinnati would be crazy to to mortgage, um, you know, basically give away your choice of any collegiate player, um, especially someone like Burrow, but. What what's Miami going to do? Are they going to sit at five? Or are they going to try to move up? If they move up, are they taking Tua? I would think so. I don't think you're going to move up and take Herbert, but I, I couldn't completely be wrong. Maybe the Herbert thing is a smokescreen, and they really do want Tua. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think. I don't. I'm in the camp that you spent all this time uh, and personal capital to create a scenario where you have a massive amount of picks to bring in young talent. They have what, like six picks in the first a hundred. I think Miami is like six picks in the top 100, something like that. I I don't really want to use many, if any of those to move up two spots in the first round. I think you sit at five and take the best player available uh, on your board. 
And yeah. whether that ends up being two or Her- Herbert, I mean, that that's the thing that'll be interesting to me is if they don't jump up with Detroit at three, they sit at five and both Tua and Herbert are still available. That's when it gets interesting. Because if you sit yeah, at oh five gosh, yeah. and, you know, someone like the Chargers jumped in front of you and takes one of them at three, maybe you're comfortable being like, you know what, that's fine. I'll take the other one at five. But now you're sitting at five and both are available. That's that's now now you are given a 50-50 proposition. Now maybe both will be bust or maybe both will be amazing. But to think about the history of first round quarterbacks, it's basically 50-50 and now you're facing that 50-50. That is a that, that is a tough thing to have to do. I know yeah. um, Miami has said that they have eight or nine guys that they're comfortable with taking at 5. So in no way should they be panicking. They should be listening to offers to trade up or even trade down, depending on how the board falls, they are in control. And I think uh, Chris Greer has done a phenomenal job, despite people you know, making fun of the Dolphins for much of uh, last spring and really heightened throughout the uh, summer and early fall. I don't think what's going on with Chris Greer and Brian Flores, I don't think anyone will be laughing you know, a year or two from now. I think they've, uh, they've set themselves up for success but it does come down to uh, to this draft. This is really going to set the tone of what they're able to do. So it'll be interesting to see if they stay at five, and if they do, do they take a quarterback just because um, he's the one left, or do they have to make that decision? So it'll be it'll be right. really really interesting. Right. It. Yeah. It will be interesting, and it would be like it's also interesting to me, like if. Like, if the Dolphins stay sit at five, like, does someone try and move up to get, you know, like, you mentioned what if they're both available, Herbert and Tua? I, like, basically, I don't know if, if the Dolphins have their mindset on, like, oh, we want the best quarterback we can get at five, or if they have a specific guy in mind. So, like, for example, what if they have Herbert in mind, someone moves up to three and gets Herbert, and then do they do they pass on Tua at five then and take whoever they think is the best player at five and and try and get someone at 18? You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I, I guess it I, honestly it probably like, depends there on what their medical evaluation of Tua is and how much right. they they like love. <laughs> how right. much they love well, love. Do do they love right. love? Exactly. And that that's the one I have in mind because like we I am I am fully on board with not moving up unless unless they are sold. Now, again, coming from an Eagles fan, the Eagles mortgaged a lot to go up and get Carson Wentz. And while I know he was not the starting quarterback when they won the Super Bowl, he had an MVP caliber season, and I would argue still should have been MVP that year. But he had an MVP caliber season that led them to the one seed that led them to going, you know, to the Super Bowl. And so, like, it was worth it. You know what I mean? Like, it it, it paid off. Um, it it's interesting because. I'm sitting here saying the opposite for the Dolphins. I feel like they should stay put at five. Now that's also a little higher than what the Eagles were. You know, the Eagles weren't at five. Um, 
but stay at five. And then you also have to think about like, well, it's not just like how you rank your quarterback. It's, you know, how are they compared to the other people you could take? Right. So like maybe they have, and I'm just making this up, but maybe they have like, you know, Burrow one a and Herbert one B and Tua like, you know, there's, there's nothing that they see a huge gap between those top two and then the third, or maybe they see a huge gap between the third and the fourth, you know, who knows, but like, that's where you come into, well, if they view, we can get those guys. And like you said, this was months ago, but like you've said, if I'd rather them spend those first three picks on guys that they are sold on, they know rather than reach for a quarterback just because, because like you said, this was, don't rush into getting the quarterback because you feel like you're supposed to get the quarterback this year, even if it's not the guy you want. Does that make sense? Like yeah. if, if you can get three impact players with five, 18 and 26, do it. If one of them happens to be your quarterback, great. If not, we'll get the quarterback somewhere else. You know, right. like it, you, you have options there. You do. Um, Again, that might be an easier sell for me because I'm not living and dying by the Dolphins. And it would be, I do feel like it would be a tough sell if you have three first round picks and you don't spend one on the, on the quarterback. Um, I fully expect that to, to have, I fully expect them to come away with one of their three, one of the quarterbacks. I, I don't, I think for anyone that's holding out on a pipe dream of a massive trade up with the Bengals, like Burrow's not happening. So you can cross that off. You have pick five, 18 and 26. I believe one of those three, you got to think is going to be a quarterback. Odds are it's number five and it's going to come down to two or or Herbert. Um, We already covered that. It could, one of them could be available or both could be available. If for some reason, maybe, they think two is too much of a red flag at five and the way things play out, um, you know, they want to add someone to their defense, Um, you know, whether it's Isaiah Simmons um, as kind of that, that, that athletic freak at linebacker, or they want to pair Christian Wilkins um, their first rounder last year with someone like Derek Brown. Um, The the Dolphins are looking for a, a nose tackle and a guy that can play, um, a variety of positions in the interior def- defensive line because they want to be a multiple defensive front. That could be an option for them at five. You know, people think it's got to be a quarterback, but there's definitely guys that could be intriguing there. And if they want to say, well, you know, we maybe we can roll another year with Fitzpatrick, um, and uh, let's get some protection. Let's build up the offensive line. Let's be more of a running team. Um, you know, they, they brought in. Um, Bears and Eagles um, cast off Jordan Howard to be a running back there with them, but they need to fix the offensive line. And and this is a very, very strong class of offensive tackles. Um, maybe one of them already goes in front of them in the top four. Um, maybe they want to get their tackle at five and, and then... And, and this is where I link it to what you talked about of, of their second first round pick, which uh, it starts at uh, 18 by the way of uh, Pittsburgh. I think if they decide to go a, a, a defender or the, the offensive tackle at five, I think they would have to move up from 18 to get 
a quarterback should one be falling? Should Tua or Herbert get past them at five and keep going? Uh, you know, maybe San Diego, sorry, not San Diego. I sound like my dad. Uh, the Chargers um, pass at six as well. And one of them or both of them, um, you know, Herbert or Tua continue to fall and love sitting there. And now you got one or two sitting at like 12 or something like that. I, I feel like Miami's going to have to move up from 18 because other teams are going to start saying the same thing. Well, they're not right. going to last this long. Now we've seen it obviously in the past, you know, Dan Marino fell uh, into the twenties. Aaron Rodgers fell into the twenties. Uh, it's not a requirement, but because of what Miami has, I think it would be easier to move up from 18 to like the 10 to 14 range to get one of the falling quarterbacks, then it is jumping up two spots and giving up more to do so. Um, you, you know, the, I mentioned the offensive tackles are so strong. Um, Jedrick Wills from Alabama is uh, one of the big ones. My, one of my favorite is Tristan Wirfs from Iowa. Anytime you can get an Iowa offensive lineman is usually a, a can't miss proposition. Um, but Andrew Thomas from Georgia, um, Makai Becton, who is absolute freak, um, from Louisville, 6'7", 369 pounds, and as athletic as you can possibly be at that size. Um, those are the big ones. All, I think, expected to be gone in the top 15 to 20 picks. So Miami's kind of right there on the bubble if they sit at 18 to get one of those offensive tackles. Um, but it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting for sure. Um so now what do you want to do here in the second half of the show, Justin? Do you want to examine more in depth the Eagles themselves, talk about needs, uh, or do you want to run a, a mock and kind of mock pick for Philadelphia as we run through it? Let's let's mock. Okay, let's, let's mock. All right, let's mock. All right, let me pull it up here. Uh, we're gonna be using uh, the draft network mock draft machine um i have a premium subscription with them so we can get a little creative and uh and do what we want um i can let you know if someone's falling if you'd like to try a trade um so let's go with their predictive board all right we'll do a full seven rounder all right all right so starting with the eagles here um, we're going to mock draft the Eagles through the Draft Network's mock draft simulator. Um, let's see. It's not loading here for me. Can only hit a start so many times. <laughs> All right, let's, let's try this again. I'm going to load it again, see if I can get it back. Um, might have been... A little uh, oh good. Um, while we're while I'm trying to pull that up, I'm going to remark that my dad said that the Dolphins were will most certainly screw it up. Um, now he says that he's going to sleep because um, we're talking about the Eagles is what I'm assuming he is referencing. But I thought may, tell him maybe maybe uh, he can he can call his quarterback and tell him to stop having parties during the stay at home. Quarantine <laughs> I'm sure he'll take that call. All right, let's try this again. Yeah, let's log in here. Come on. Hmm. Maybe this is a Firefox issue. Let me try it back on my normal browser. See if that helps me out. 
So while I'm trying to load this, Justin, um, who who is like one or two guys that you hope are available? And realistically, they they could be. Who are the two guys that you would want to uh, focus on? Um, so when I look at it, it it's kind of crazy because the the guys that I would love for the Eagles to get, um, I, I'm talking like wide receivers. I start to, first of all, I don't know that they can get the top, top guys. Like, well, let me rephrase that. I know they're, unless they move up, they're not getting the top guys, you know, like CD lamb and some of that. Now I saw there was all kinds of rumors this week that, uh, Howie Roseman's in love with CD lamb and all that stuff. I chalked that up to the week of the draft talk kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. what GM, what GM out there wouldn't be in love with him. You know what I mean? Like I kind of look at it like that right now. Um, right. So like, you know, I think any GM that would have the chance to take him, if they were looking for a wide receiver um, would take him. Um, Jerry, Judy, like any of those big guys, I know some people aren't as high on Justin Jefferson. I like Justin Jefferson. Um, I had him on my, college fantasy team last year nice um, yes i also had joe burrow so yeah it was a pretty good year there wow um yeah. but you know i look at some of those guys i'd love for them to get some uh, like a wide receiver in the first round um if they can get some value there honestly when i start to look i don't i don't know how many of these guys are going to go i know it's fairly deep at wide receiver um so they don't need to really stretch. I, I saw people talking about Denzel Mims, um, you know, from Baylor. Okay. Um, yeah. I would love to get a guy like that, you know, like a bigger wide receiver. Um, but I would also love for them to get KJ Hamler in the second round. <laughs> if right. they can get him in the second round. I don't. How about double dipping? Kick. How about double dipping? Uh, absolutely. No, I think that I think they should. I think they should double dip and go wide receiver, wide receiver. Um, and I've seen some people say that, like, oh, well, they should go. For example, you know, if, if you go with like a Justin Jefferson who's six three, one ninety two, and then you could, you know, you have your bigger receiver, you can go with KJ Hamler type. I've seen some people say like forget the size, like go with the guys who you think are the two biggest playmakers, because like you mentioned earlier, that 50, 50 kind of split, mm-hmm. like maybe we'll hit on one of them. You know? <laughs> like, right. Um, and I don't necessarily go with that. I, I would take the guys that you think are the best. Um, but I, man, I would love in, I feel like in the second round, I feel like he would be a really good pickup. Um, and that would be, back-to-back years that the Eagles would get uh, what I think are really good second-round value out of Penn State in Miles Sanders and KJ Hamler. Yeah, um, for sure. And Miles Sanders burst onto the scene last year. Um, in my opinion, was the best rookie running back last year. He definitely got um, better as the year went on, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. It, w- it was a slow first month, month and a half, but then he really came into his own. Um yeah. All right. So let's put all this discussion to work here. Now, the way I actually have it set up is um, we are going to be drafting for four teams. 
So we're going to okay. draft for the Dolphins, the Cowboys, the Eagles, and the Patriots. So we're going to kind of get as many of the uh, the teams that our listeners enjoy watching. Um, I don't feel com- confident enough in knowing my Ravens needs, so I apologize uh, for the Ravens. And the Steelers don't have a first-round pick. Um, so I, I left them off for this for this uh, instance. Uh, of course, if we have time, we can we can try another one or two of these. Um, but but first off, this is through the Draft Network using their predictive board based on um, their positional ranks, their overall ranks, and their sights on the team needs. So the first pick was Joe Burrow, obviously to the Bengals from LSU. Chase Young from Ohio State goes to the Redskins at two, and Jeffrey Okuda. The Ohio State cornerback goes to the Lions at three. No trades so far. Number four is Isaiah Simmons to the Giants. So that means my Dolphins are on the clock with, like we just discussed, both Tua and Herbert available. Uh, so are two, uh, three of the uh, offensive tackles, the top three offensive tackles, according to uh, the Draft Network board, are also available. Um, part of me wants to see what kind of chaos would ensue if I would take one of the tackles. Uh, but because I think Miami will take one of the two quarterbacks, especially if both are available, uh, I am going to go with Tua this time around. Um, but uh, what what is uh, what what do you think about that, Justin? I think in that situation you go with Tua. Yeah, I, I do too. I think... Uh, I'm zoomed in too far. Okay, I made the pick. Two is the pick. Herbert goes to the Chargers. Uh, Derek Brown to the Panthers. Chasen to the Cardinals. Henderson to the Jags. Wirfs and Becton back-to-back. Browns and Jets. Henry Ruggs goes to the Raiders. So there's one of your wide receivers, Justin, off the board there with pick number 12. And CeeDee Lamb goes next to the 49ers at 13. Two more offensive tackles to the Buccaneers and Broncos, Andrew Thomas and Jedrick, Jedrick Wills. And then Javon Kinlaw, the, defen- the defensive lineman from South Carolina, goes to the Falcons. Now the Cowboys are up with big needs at cornerback, rush, edge, and safety, as well as offensive line. Give them, give them Blake Gilligan. <laughs> um, so sitting at 17 they have their choice of safeties Xavier McKinney from Alabama and Grant Delpit from LSU are available a couple wide receivers in Judy and Jefferson who you already talked about they don't need the running back um, Josh Jones is out there uh, an offensive tackle but they're looking more interior so um, I part of me wants to give them and I don't like it because he's someone that I really, really would like to see in Miami, but I like Michigan center Cesar Ruiz. I think he could be a replacement for Travis Frederick who retired. Um, But in order to get the most bang for their buck based on the rankings, I think I'm leaving leaning towards one of the safeties and I'm going to go McKinney for Dallas. Okay. So now my dolphins are back up um, with Judy Delpit, Jefferson, Swift, Dobbins, um, but Josh Jones is still available in offensive tackle, so I'm going to jump and take him. Raiders took Gladney, the cornerback from TCU. Jaguars go with Gallimore from Oklahoma, so that leaves you, Justin, on the clock for the Eagles 
with the availability of both Jerry Judy and Justin Jefferson. I go with Judy. Yeah, I don't think there's much of a uh, of a pause I like, there. I like I like Jefferson, but if Judy's there, oh my gosh, I'm taking him. Yeah, and Jefferson went next to the Vikings. So now New England is up. Um team needs quarterback. Did not think we'd ever see that. Uh They they're an interesting team. I feel like more often than not, this would be a they would be making a trade. Um, cause I don't know if they're interested in someone like Grant Delpit. I don't think they're going to take a running back. Um, I don't know that the board shook out in their favor necessarily here, although they could be someone, um, that is interested in Cesar Ruiz, um, to shore up their offensive line. Uh, I don't, what do, what do you think about new England here at, at 23 pick 23 in the first round? I think they would trade out, but I think, if Cesar Ruiz is there, I think that would definitely be a pick that they could take. Yeah, I'm trying to debate, do I want to go through trying to find a trade partner or do I just take Ruiz? Um, part of me wants to let Ruiz there because Miami picks in three picks, and I would love to see <laughs> Miami Miami take him. Um, but I do think that's someone that would be of interest to um, the Patriots. So I will... Um, I will give them Ruiz. Uh, the Saints take Patrick Queen, the linebacker from LSU, and Christian Fulton goes to the Vikings, also from LSU. Now Miami is back up with a need on the interior offensive line at safety and at edge rusher. Running back as well, but with Miami's picks in the second round and Swift, Dobbins, Taylor, um, and the running back from... Um, LSU, Edwards, Hilaire, all available. I don't think they need to push for a running back here. No, so, I wouldn't. Um, that Delpit is a possibility. Um, they could go wide receiver. Um, they already got their tackle. Uh, but, you know, they need a pass rusher. And you know who happens to be available? Yator Gross Matos. So oh. he goes to Penn State. With the 26th pick, um, Georgia's Isaiah Wilson goes to Seattle at 27. Kenneth Murray, the linebacker, goes to the Ravens. Ezra Cleveland to the Titans. Denzel Mims to the Packers. Jalen Johnson to the 49ers. And maybe a bit of a surprise, Kansas City, with the last pick, takes J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State. So, into round two, Epinesa, the rusher from Iowa, to the Bengals. Jordan Love to the Colts. At 34. That that, would be an interesting one. I think that that's a great, great pick for them. Uh, Well done by the simulator. Uh, Zach Bond, the edge rusher to the Lions. Austin Jackson, the offensive tackle from USC to the Giants. Um, Two cornerbacks back-to-back for the Chargers and Panthers. Now Miami is up. Um, Still looking for interior offensive linemen, safety, running back. Um, big needs and Grant Delpit still available as are two running backs. Um, Antoine Winfield's out there who I'm a big fan of. Um, not while he was playing for Minnesota for, for obvious reasons, but, um, as a, as a player, I'm definitely interested in him. Um, I I feel like I can't, I I feel like I Grant Delpit makes too much sense because I still like the options at running back, even with Dobbins gone. So I'm going to grab Delpit, who's falling here, um, and fill a big need for the Dolphins. 
I agree. All right. So um, Davidson gone. Winfield, there he goes. Rager, the receiver to the Jags. Cushenberry to the Bears. Uh, oh, KJ Hamler to the Broncos at 46. Boo. <laughs> Chenault, wide receiver to the Jets. And here we are up with the Dallas pick. Not in need of a running back. They already took a safety. Um, couple options for them. Maybe wide receiver. Um, I just I, I feel like their biggest need is in the secondary, and they took a safety. I think cornerback might be a good idea for them. So I'm going to go Trevon Diggs from Alabama Okay, with the pick there. Um, Rams take Jordan Brooks from Texas Tech, and now the Eagles are back up after taking uh, Jerry Judy in the first round. Justin's now on the clock with Philadelphia's second pick. Um, some of the big names available, DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor, though I doubt you need a running back. Uh, uh, the safety from Southern Illinois, Jeremy Chin. Um, also, Ashton Davis, safety from California. Uh, if you're interested in a, a second wide receiver, Michael Pittman uh, from USC. T. Higgins from Clemson. Um, Joshua Ush, the edge rusher from Michigan, is available. Uh, people's- give, me T, give me T. Higgins from uh from Clemson. Okay. So you are double dipping double there with wide receivers in the first round. Um, Yush, the edge from Michigan, goes to Buffalo next, followed by Edwards Hilaire, the running back at LSU. And now my Dolphins are back up on the clock. Oh, and DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor are still available. So uh, I am going to take – this is a tough one because I'm a big fan of Jonathan Taylor, but I also like that DeAndre Swift is a Pennsylvania guy. Um, and I oh. think he could make a, a nice one-two punch with Jordan Howard. So I'm going to take Swift. I look at Swift, and I think he could be not like, and I mean this in a really positive way. I think he could be very like Miles Sanders esque, you know, in his first year. Like, you know, take him some time to get there. But I view him as being an impact from the start. Um, yeah, he was really good. Um, would have loved to have him at Penn State. It worked out though um but uh yeah yeah things were okay without him i would have loved to have him wear uh the blue and white but didn't didn't work out that way um so we're actually all the way into the third round now a couple um marquee names that went recently after i picked swift at 56 for the dolphins jonah jackson to the rams curtis weaver to the vikings um malik harrison to the chiefs jonathan taylor goes pick 66 to the redskins and Jeremy Chin, the safety, goes to the Lions at 67. And Miami's on the clock now at 70. Um, one of the big ones still left for me as the Dolphins selector here is probably um, linebacker and interior offensive lineman. Uh, based on what's available, man. Th- this is also an interesting one. With all of Miami's picks, both this year and next year, because of... And and what I'm about to say is incredibly uh, coincidental, maybe even a bit ironic. D- could Miami double down with quarterbacks, especially if the draft would play out the way that it has here? Um, guess who happens to be available? Oh, that would be Jalen Hurts. Um, and Miami already picked Tua. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe maybe they wouldn't want to bring that dynamic back after it didn't end so well for. Um, yeah, I. I feel like I feel like you'd be inviting drama at right. that point, and not and even though there wouldn't necessarily be any between the two guys themselves. 
there would definitely be drama there. Not if you don't like, you know, if you draft to a new draft, somebody maybe on day three, you know, like somebody late, I could see that. I don't think he can take Jalen Hurts. No, I, I, I don't either. Um, yeah, it's tough here. I really want an offensive lineman, specifically someone that can play inside. They're not really ones available uh, to me. One of the uh, best things I could do is maybe taking one of the receivers that has fallen in Pittman or Peoples-Jones. Willie Gay maybe is the safer pick at the linebacker, but I think I'm favoring a wide receiver. And actually, I'm going to go with Peoples-Jones from Michigan uh, for the Dolphins okay. here at 70. Uh, Gay goes next to the Chargers. Uh, Ashton Davis, the safety, goes at 73. All right. Hertz just went at 80 to the Raiders. And now the Cowboys are up in search of a pass rusher or an interior offensive lineman or possibly a tight end. Um, and I think Adam Trotman, the tight end from Dayton, may be the best option available um you know what actually i'm gonna go with daryl taylor the edge rusher from tennessee he's he's gonna go to dallas uh denver took jacob eason the quarterback from washington and now the patriots are up um you know they're in need of quarterback wide receiver and edge rusher um you know what i'm gonna give them jake Fromm. I would do it. So they get a quarterback here in the third round. Um, obviously something that the Patriots probably are considering is drafting a quarterback unless they're going to make um, a, a free agent signing, you know, with Cam Newton or something. Uh, but the Patriots are up here at picks 98 and 100, still looking for a receiver and ed- edge rusher. Um, so what can we give them? A lot of the, the edge rushers are picked over, <clears throat> and I don't really want them to reach. So I'm going to select a tight end for them, and I think I'm going to go with... I'll go with the best available in Hopkins from Purdue. The Giants make a selection of Edwards, the wide receiver from South Carolina. And New England, back on the clock. Still looking for a wide receiver or an edge rusher. Um... And I think best bet for them is Van Jefferson from Florida. So Eagles are going to be up here at pick 103, Justin. So you double-dipped with wide receivers with your first two picks. Um, What are you thinking here now? Is there a position you single out, or you just want me to read off some of the best available? Uh, Give me some of the best available, but I'm probably looking like secondary or offensive line. Okay, yeah, so... Um, Sadiq Charles, the offensive tackle from LSU. Uh, Thaddeus Moss, tight end from LSU. Eno Benjamin, running back Arizona State. Ben Barch, offensive tackle from St. John. Troy Dye, linebacker from Oregon. Kevon Wallace, safety from Clemson. Uh, Logan Wilson, linebacker from Wyoming. Uh, Aloe Gilman, safety from Notre Dame. Uh, KJ Hill. Give me, the linebacker, give me the linebacker from Wyoming. Okay, Logan Wilson. Yeah. All right. He is yours. All right. Powering through here. We do not have any significant pick coming up for any of those teams for a little bit here. I'm just trying to see if any big names that may have dropped or pop up get selected. We're coming up with a Cowboys selection here at 123. 
And they're still looking for an interior offensive lineman and a tight end. Um, you know what? Wide receivers on their list, and KJ Hill is still available. I think he would be a good pick for that offense. So KJ Hill to Dallas. Now the Patriots are up, still looking for a rusher or a linebacker. <laughs> Oh, Nick Coe from Auburn is available. He's going to be the pick there. And, uh, excuse me, Philadelphia, you're up again. Pick 127. We're in the fourth round. Um, Some defensive backs that are available. Reggie Robinson from Tulsa, a cornerback, and then safety from West Virginia, Kenny Robinson, are the two best available. Give me a safety from West Virginia. All right, Kenny Robinson is the pick for Philadelphia. And... uh, Again, here we're gonna see a, a bunch of a bunch of picks go by until one of our teams is on the clock. One of my hopes that they would fall was just picked um, the uh, interior offensive lineman from Wisconsin, um, Tyler Bidas, um was just selected. So um, there went my interior offensive lineman that I wanted, but uh, another one is still available in Michigan's Bredesen. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I feel like that's the overwhelming need for Miami at this point, so I'm going to just go and pull the trigger on him. Um, not the Michigan one I was hoping for, but I will take it um, at this point of the draft. Now, Justin, you're up again with the Eagles. Um, let's see. Jonathan Garvin, the edge rusher from Miami, is available. Um, Brandon Jones, safety from Texas. Uh, Marcus Bailey, linebacker from Purdue. Um, who give me the safety from Texas? You want the safety, Brandon Jones? Yep, I know that's back to back safeties, but oh, you're up again, too. So, kind of oh, your choice. Well, give, me the, give me the best offensive lineman available. Okay, that would be Hakima Denigi from Kansas. All right, and then I'm actually going to be you know, up back to back. You know, it's slim pickings when you're taking guys from Kansas. <laughs> All right, now Miami is up again. Um, I filled up a lot of my needs, and I could easily be just picking best available or double dipping here. Um, my first pick, though, is going to be a uh, defensive lineman. Uh, I think, let me just double check some. Uh, he's not a, as much of a space eater as I had hoped. Um, you know, I'm going to go with Davian Taylor, the linebacker from Colorado. And then I get to go again, anyways. So, hmm. Man, this is this is tough when you're getting down here. Um, I'm actually, yeah. you know what? I'm gonna double dip on on offensive lineman from Michigan. Here's another interior guy. Um, Miami can always use offensive linemen. They need all the help they can get. So we're we're coming to the end now. Here we're about to enter round number six. We've got a Dallas pick on the table. Um, I'm gonna go with Harrison Bryant, the tight end from Florida Atlantic for Dallas. Check that need off the list. Now, Philadelphia, you are up again. Um, you got two safeties, but still in need of a cornerback or an edge rusher. Um, uh, Derek Tuska. Tuska. 
from North Dakota State is the best edge rusher. And Javelin. North Dakota State's awesome. North Dakota State, you want him? Heck yeah. Okay. (laughs) Don't buy him. All right. Um, We got back-to-back a Patriots and Dolphins pick here at the end of round five. Um, I'm going to go David Woodward, Utah State. Come on down. You're the newest New England Patriot. Uh, Miami, I'd really like a cornerback. So since Justin passed on Javelin Guidry from Utah, Miami's going to jump on him there. Uh, Dallas is coming up at pick 179. All right. And they need an interior offensive lineman, and Tyre Phillips is the best one available. So he is the easy selection there. Um, Miami, once again, man, it's going to be interesting to see when, when we get to this recap here in a few seconds. Um, all the picks that Miami has just absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah. All right, yeah, I'm going to take Bravian Roy from Baylor. He looks like the guy that played next to Christian Wilkins on the uh, on the defensive line for them. Justin, you're up here at 190, um, still needing a, a cornerback. Um, Javaris Davis from Auburn is the best available. Take him. All right. There we go. All right. New England coming up at 195. And they still need an offensive tackle and a cornerback. Oh, another Lamar Jackson. This one from Nebraska. He is now in New England. New England's going to be the next one that we pick for. And uh, Tyler Clark, defensive lineman. Oh, man, New England's got back-to-back ones here, 212 and 213. They've got a lot, too. So they'll be making a lot of moves uh, come the draft. So um, we'll see what they're able to do uh, on Thursday night. If, they're able to, if they want to move up at all, they'll definitely have the ability uh, to package some picks to make some noise. Um, all right. Coming to the end now here. Miami's going to pick here at 227. And New England and Dallas are back-to-back at 230 and 231. So, yeah, we're in the, we're in the final 20 picks or so. Um, Miami up once again. Love to see a Penn Stater. I don't... I don't see a Penn Stater anywhere around here, so I'm going to go with another cornerback. New England. New England. Dallas. Okay. I'm not sure Justin and the Eagles have any more picks. They might not. I, I'm not really sure. Because I'm really close to the end now, and uh, I do not see, I do not see uh, another one uh, coming up for Philadelphia. I've got two here for Miami, and we're really, really close to the end. I think there's like two, yeah, two fifty-five. So Miami's going to make two more, and that's going to be the end. And we can check out the recap. Um, Interesting. Yeah, the Eagles picks this year. I just looked it up. They have the 21st pick, which is their own. They have the 53rd pick, which is their own. 
the 127th pick, which is their own, they have three different compensatory picks. Yeah. But they, like, the other picks they have are from trade. Like, so they have a first, second, third, three fourths, a fifth, and a sixth. But the fifth and the sixth are, the fifth and the sixth are um, from trade. So, like, they've traded away their fifth, sixth, and seventh round pick. So. Right. So, all right. Um, oh man, I don't think I can. I was hoping. Oh, maybe I can save and, and pull it up. Um, I wanted to see like a team by team recap. I see it by round, but I don't see it by team. All right, let's see if I can pull this up. Show only user picks. No. So. But I mean, I think I mean obviously we're focusing mostly on the like the first two or three rounds here. Um, I think things went pretty well for all the teams that we drafted. Miami ended up with uh, quarterback, offensive tackle, and an edge rusher. Um, Dallas got their safety. Uh, Philly, you got two wide receivers, um, and your first two picks and your third pick was a linebacker. It'll be interesting to see if Philadelphia decides to double down like that. I mean, they certainly can. They certainly will have that option to do so. It's a deep draft for wide receivers, just like it is for offensive tackles. Um, do you, what do you think uh, the odds are of Howie doing that? I don't think they're very high. Um, I think we'll get at least one boring pick out of those first two. Um, <laughs> you By boring, you mean what, an offensive lineman? Yeah. Yeah. Like we, we had this discussion. I just don't, don't pick a fireman in the first round <laughs> and we should be okay. It's not nothing against him as a person. I'm sure he's a great guy. He's a firefighter. That's, that's a, an admirable thing. Terrible first round pick. Yeah, um, wasn't the best. No. Well, and I, it, obviously that's, you know, it's easy to look back and pick which ones are good and bad, but, um, it's just one of those things where you look at if you're going to pick somebody, you need to pick somebody that's going to help you. So if they're picking an offensive lineman, it better be a guy that they see that they're going to plug and play, which where are you going to do that right now on their line? You know what right. I mean? Um, if you're picking a safety, that's fine, but he should be better be like, don't make him like a situational guy. You know, he needs to be a guy that's going in there and starting for you on day one. Um, and I know that's hard when you're picking in the back third of the draft in the first round. Like he's not necessarily there. It's not necessarily going to be that guy that's the week one starter, but I feel like a wide receiver, unless there's a run on wide receivers ahead of them, I find it hard to believe that one of the receivers they take isn't going to find his way into the starting lineup pretty quick. You know what right. I mean? So yeah, um, they were literally starting like, practice squad quarterbacks as as wide receiver a third of the season so um yeah that's not what you want no you, you gotta you gotta improve there and there's lots of room for improvement there so you know i i i talk about that but look at look at the possibility then if you're the eagles of having for better or worse if alshon jeffrey's there in this scenario, you add Judy and T. Higgins, and you have Deshaun Jackson coming back. You know, like you 
got the potential for some dynamic stuff there and also some depth that you didn't have before. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it'll be interesting. I'm excited for the draft Thursday night. Um, the Dolphins are one team that everyone's talking about. And obviously around here, everyone's super interested to see what the, uh, what the Eagles will do. Do you think there'll be higher chance for a trade up or trade down from Philadelphia? Uh, trade down. Yeah, for sure. I completely agree. So, um, well, Justin and I are talking about possibly doing a special show Thursday evening since it's one of the few things in the sports world happening. It's something that a lot of people are interested in. It's going to be a big primetime activity. Um, so maybe uh, we'll do a, maybe episode three or four will be Thursday night and uh, we'll talk a little, uh, NFL draft as it's happening. You know, we, we could even do our own little mock as it happens. You know, we could pick for all the teams and then simulate it out and see what, uh, what could happen. We can make trades. It would be, uh, be interesting. So Justin and I are going to talk about that. See if we wouldn't hop on for, you know, the first hour or so. Um, we've always talked about it and maybe this is the year we should do it. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we got to figure it out, but, uh, we'll, we'll give it a look. Certainly. Yeah. So, all right, well, Justin, I think that's it. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, anything to uh, add before we go? Um, just happy birthday to Austin today, sixth birthday. Um, he had a good day. He, he was a little, he was a little, um, not worried, but just kind of like figuring like this weekend, you realize, oh, his birthday is going to be different than his other birthdays because, you know, there's not lots of family and friends and stuff around. Um, but, we we did lots of special things, so he had he had a good time today. So that was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to do our little little parade and our Zoom conference call. Yeah, and just yeah, thank you. Wish thank uh, you. wish him a happy birthday. Uh, you know, it sucks for all these kids to not be able to have their their party and to be with their friends and family. But um, it, it seemed like he was having a lot of fun with everything you were able to do with him. And uh, yeah. He- Hit a blast. It, it, we, we gave him enough sugar today, too. So, yeah. <laughs> and that didn't work in your favor at all. So no, um, no. I, I do think it's funny thinking back like about just, you know, a little more than six years ago. Now we were talking on a, you know, on a show or getting ready to do a, a show in the coming weeks. And we were saying, you were like, I don't know if we'll be able to do anything for the draft this year, you know, because um, Austin was due in like early, early May, I think, like right around when yep. the draft was going to be. And then yeah. next thing you know, nope, he's here. <laughs> the yeah, draft's exactly. a few weeks away. So, uh, exactly. Every, yeah, every year. I think you were, you might have actually been here when we were talking about it. It was like the next day because, yeah. well, that's what happened with so, Colton, too. So, yeah. So both, both of our boys, I had made comments to people at various times like, oh, well, we got a couple weeks, you know, and then literally the next day our kids were born. So, <laughs> lies, lies. Uh, think, uh, actually, at least conversations with each kid. Um, so, yeah, I guess I should have kept my mouth shut, but, you know, it worked out for the best. <laughs> yeah. All's well that ends well. So, uh, yeah, right. definitely right. happy ver- birthday to Austin. And, um, yeah, we'll keep everyone posted if we're able to do something uh, Thursday night, just kind of impromptu. We'll have some fun with it, um, watch the draft together, see uh, all the comments. And uh, I don't know if we'll be able to, to stay up for uh, the Eagles selection. We'll see, depending on how late that goes. But uh, I think we can definitely see um, that first Miami pick, which uh, could have a huge impact on not just the franchise but the rest of the draft. So 
Uh, thanks, Justin, for joining me. And uh, we'll uh, talk to you again real soon. All right. Sounds good. All right. So that wraps up episode 303 of the Joe Mays and JRAF show. Uh, we will certainly be back here Sunday, April 26th, but it will be the Bulldog Hour. So this is the, the last show um, on a Sunday schedule for a couple weeks. Uh, I guess we'll be back on May 3rd. That may or may not be episode 304. It could be 305 because we are going to try to maybe do an NFL draft special Thursday night. So that would be a lot of fun. Um, you know, like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for information on that. And we'll make sure to post as soon as we know what's happening with our NFL draft coverage. Uh, so for Justin Raffoff, I'm Joe Mays. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Joe Mays and JRAF show. That's a wrap on this episode of the Joe Mays and JRAF show brought to you by Mays Sandwich Shop. You can watch each weekly episode live on Facebook, Periscope, or YouTube. Be sure to like, follow, or subscribe to the show on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. You can also rate and review us on many of these platforms as well. We'd love to hear from you. Send your emails to the Mays Sandwich Shop inbox at joemaysandjraff at gmail.com. The Joe Mays and JRAF Show is a part of the JMNJR Radio Network, home to other productions such as the Bulldog Hour, Tangents with Friends, and Nat Chats with Dad. Until next time. <laughs>